So, welcome everyone to the very first episode of the Western Podcast. This is also our very first episode of the year 2021. Um, I am hosting this episode. I am Nicole Catalina. You may have seen my name on the Western website. I am one of the editorial writers. And this will also be my first time hosting the podcast. So, I am absolutely thrilled to be kickstarting the new season. So before we start, I'd like to begin with an acknowledgement to country. We would like to acknowledge the Derek people as the traditional custodians of the land where we are currently recording this podcast. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, emerging, and continue to acknowledge their spiritual connection to country. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So... Introducing our very first guest for 2021, we have Raven Baharilaga. So we have covered him on the Western before last year through an editorial. Um, but just a bit of a refresher, Raven is a multidisciplinary artist focusing mainly on oil paintings and poetry. Born in 1998 to a Filipino family, his cultural heritage and upbringing in Western Sydney informs his work and allows Raven to express himself to his community with a sense of comfort and catharsis. Raven's subject matter is frequented by isolated anthropological forms, often displayed in moments of intense emotion. With an affinity for religious iconography, many of Raven's poems and paintings reference God and the differing relationships that individuals have with their belief systems. As a finalist in the Blacktown Art Prize, Raven's larger pieces confront viewers with his intense message of questioning conformity and finding an individual's tr own truth. A focus on the natural world and its place in the modern world informs not only the artist's work, but his way of life, with his yoga and meditation practice lending a free and objective lens to the development of his craft. Working between studios at his grandmother's house and his mother's patio, Raven's artistic direction is headed towards a combination of his most favored mediums, painting and poetry, employing both as a means to further his practice and communi communicate his worldview thus far. So without further ado, Raven, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so how are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. I'm well. That's so good. Um, so I was thinking of an icebreaker question, and this is completely random, but... Go on. Um, do you still do you still work at Woolies? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't work at Woolies uh, anymore. Not anymore? Uh, no. uh, when did you quit? I quit <laughs> last year. Oh. Last year, I couldn't take it anymore, man. Oh uh, yeah, I couldn't nah. take it. Yeah, just working like in like hospital well, customer service. Yeah, yeah, customer service is just such a struggle. Yeah, I got out just before coronavirus started and people started getting hectic yeah <laughs> i was really scared of that. I was yeah like, okay time to leave time to leave yeah yeah it's that's any time a worldwide pandemic is good yeah yeah <laughs> that's a that's a really good exit strategy so anyway let's get on to the questions so um, we'll start off just describing about your work and just sort of how you started out as an artist so I want you to describe, if you can remember, your very first piece of art when you were young, because I think I remember in the profile that you did, that I covered, sorry, last year, you mentioned that you sort of come from this lineage of painters in the family. So, yeah, just sort of describe to me, like, how you started, like, falling in love with, like, making art and just painting. 
Well, growing up, I was always encouraged to express myself. My mum and my Lolo were both painters, mm-hmm. and I kind of grew up in a space that encouraged creativity. And it was always it was always a safe space because my mum used to take me to galleries, and there was always music playing. And I remember she used to she used to encourage me to paint during the holidays and stuff. And I do have that first painting I did. It was, it was in two thousand and six, and it was a zebra. A tiger, Snoopy, a dragon, and I remember I tried to draw. Uh, oh, I think I think it was. It was like a machine of some kind, but I messed it up. So I was like, no, 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 it's it it it's a magnet for jewelry. Right. I just made it up. I was like, okay, <laughs> and that kind of set the tone for the rest of my life, yeah. honestly. Yeah. But after that, I kind of uh, not abandoned it, but I lost touch with that side of me. Mm. And then when I was eighteen, nine, seventeen, eighteen. I just fell into it again, and from then I haven't stopped. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, so what kind of rekindled that love for painting, like, back, like, in your teenage years then? I wanted to do visual arts in high school, but they didn't offer it as an elective. They did multimedia instead, and I tried it, and I liked it. It was a good outlet, but there wasn't enough freedom in it for me, so I started writing on the side all throughout high school, but um, during that time, during HSC, I needed an outlet. And I started writing more and more, and I was like, well, maybe I should start painting. And after, I think, midway through year 12, I put um, brush to canvas, and it was a great release. And I don't know, the end, the end product wasn't that good compared to what I expect now, yeah. but it was nice at the time. I was like, wow, look at me go. It was, it's, 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 compl- it's horrible when I look at it now, but I was like, good on him. Good on Lord, old yeah. Raven. Because that was almost like... That sort of became an outlet for just expressing yourself at the time. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So was that sort of like your kickstart to like finding success in your paintings like in high school or um, like how did how did you end up finding success? Like was um, it through other ways outside of like studying art or? No, I always wanted to study art. I always wanted to. And I think I still will. But in terms of success, I wouldn't say I was there yet, mm-hmm. but I'm in a place now where I'm much more comfortable expressing myself. Because before, when I was painting, it was more uh, my approach was that I don't really have a right to be doing this. I don't have a. But once I sort of got more comfortable and started developing skill, I came into my own and somewhat found my worth, not only as an artist, but as a person. Yeah. And. That in and of itself, I suppose, is a form of success, being comfortable with who you are. Uh, In terms of uh, showings and stuff, I really only, the only tangible thing I think of is um, the Blacktown Arts Prize. And that just came about because 2020, Mm -hmm. yeah, last year, there was that that six-month period or so where no one, everything was up in the air due to corona, and I was just painting every day. Because I was, I was having trouble sleeping then, so like I may as well paint. Mm. And I was just doing one after the other, one after the other. And I heard about the Black Sun Arts Prize yeah. through Instagram? Facebook? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I just entered and I, was, I remember I was at Starbucks when I heard the news. Mm-hmm. And I FaceTimed my mom and I mean, that felt great. Mm-hmm. I think that when I could finally tell someone else that, oh God, I've done something with this. Yeah. That was a really happy moment for me. Yeah. 
That was like the best cappuccino I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Like finding success like through that kind of award, like it, it's like so affirming for you. Like because oh, I'm an yeah. artist like myself and yeah. it's just like you find so much joy in realizing that like there is an audience for your audience. Oh, yeah, yeah. right? Like, yeah. oh, man, someone, <laughs> someone's listening to this? Someone, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing you guys. You guys are perceiving yeah. me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how you know that you've made it. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's obviously, like, more than one path into success. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess on that note, we'll dive a little deeper on your, into, like, your art practice. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you mentioned, like, your work is very... Like, it's very interdisciplinary. Like, there's lots of things that influence you, like your yoga, your meditation, all of your life experiences, especially life experience in Western Sydney. Um, do you have any, like, specific inspirations? Like, it doesn't have to be specific artists, but also, like, musicians or movies or just any forms of media that sort of inspires you a lot, like, especially if it's, like, recently, so. Mm. Um, when I meditate... I sort of visualize this. There's two places I visualize. One, I'm at the beach at night. It's cold. And it kind of looks like a scene from... You know that scene in Moonlight where Sharon's in the water and everything's blue? Yeah, that's a beautiful movie. I I picture myself there. Mm -hmm. And I picture myself when I need to focus in this room with dark green walls. Mm -hmm. There's a fireplace. Mm -hmm. There's a maroon leather couch. And sometimes it's a bulldog by the fire. Sometimes... It's like a big Great Dane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But yeah. those are the sort of the two places I feel most comfortable. And I think that translates to my work in terms of the colors that I use and what I feel most comfortable in. Yeah. Because I associate the color blue or the color purple with deep, not a void, but space. Mm-hmm. And red and green are sort of bring me home. Mm-hmm. And I think um, though that my interpretation of those colors translates to or relates to um, what I find inspiration from, like the Grand Budapest Hotel mm. by Wes Anderson. Yeah. I love that film. Yeah, that's on a beautiful film. Like every level. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And when it comes to music, I listen to a lot of Frank, mm. as you do. Yeah, <laughs> as you would. Um, and I, I don't know, whenever I listen to him and I feel I've, aged not aged but i've found a new avenue for my sense of self mm. i listen to it again there's a new meaning i find in it or a new metaphor I'm like, ah, 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 nice one but also listen to a lot of i don't want to say old music mm. but the timeless music timeless music cla- you know the, the ones yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lo- for some reason i've always my mum always grew up this i grew up listening to guns and roses and lauren hill and stuff mm-hmm. And that, I say and stuff like those are related, but (laughs) I don't know. I find my favorite song is November Rain Mm. by Guns N' Roses. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, there's something about that song. I just, like, (laughs) it sends me back and I just lay there and I just listen to the whole thing. And there's an emotion in that that I can't really describe and that I can't really translate. And I like the fact that I haven't found it yet. And I hope I never do. Mm. But yeah. I think that's I think that's the best kind of art that sort of touches you in a way like just not knowing like the sort of deeper meaning of it mm. and just you spend so much time trying to figure it out but you don't know if it's going to be the right answer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah. I like that. I like the uncertainty. Yeah. But that's such like, you have such a diverse range of influences. And yeah, I love that. I see it. I definitely see in your art. Um, especially when you explain sort of like the imagery that you're explaining about. Like you use a lot of blues and greens and like lots of diverse colors. Yeah. Like it definitely shows up in your work. And I think, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Good. Um, so I guess my next question, um, obviously you mentioned this in your bio and I mentioned this earlier but western sydney plays a very large role in your practice in your art so you do this in very subtle ways and in very obvious ways um Mm. have you attracted like audiences or other artists who are not otherwise from western sydney like how have your artworks sort of resonated with your audience like from like what have friends have told you about your art i mean my friends from the west my friends, well, just my friends. Yeah. <laughs> like most of them. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, they get my references. Like when I put trolleys and stuff in stuff. Like, ah, I get it. That's People sit on those at Blacktown yeah. bus station. Like, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. But I, was, I actually heard um, when I was at, on the first day of the Blacktown Arts Prize show, I saw these two old ladies. Mm-hmm. I, I use old very loosely. Yeah. These two These two people. Mm-hmm staring at my painting and then I heard them discussing it and I was like, why is there a trolley there? Why why it's all it's all trees and flowers and stuff. Why is there a trolley going on? I was like, ah, okay, okay. So it was like the first time I heard a response from someone that isn't from my sort of my community, my demographic. And it was interesting. Like they didn't say anything bad. They just wondered why. Yeah. And it was really interesting to me. Yeah. And I suppose um uh in terms of people not from the West that I've attracted to my work. I haven't really spoken to them about my work, but I can see that there's a bit of a difference in our in our output yeah. because even the colors are different. I think I use a lot more vibrant sort of colors. I just see around, I mean, just around here, like graffiti and all that. Yeah. And then um, when I go, when I stalk other people, <laughs> I work. As you would. Yeah. I think a lot of people have their own, and this is not just people from outside of the West, but a lot of people have their own sort of color palette and things that yeah. they prefer. And that's always interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I'd welcome other people to come because I'd like to stalk and, yeah. <laughs> and just see what's out there. Yeah, yeah. Did I answer your question? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, no, no, I get lost. Fine. No, 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 that's all good. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that anecdote about the two people sort of reacting, like people outside demographic, like it's always interesting to hear like response because do you always think that you have a specific demographic yeah. for your work? Like it's specifically just Western Sydney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. And it I don't know, I got really tense when I was like I didn't want to hear, but at the same time I was like getting closer and closer, just doing it at work next to it. Like, what are we gonna say? Oh my god, oh my god. And I was so tense, I was so nosy. But it was just I don't know, it was a really surreal moment for me. Yeah. Just it felt <clears throat> I felt really vulnerable at that time because like strangers are kind of looking at something that I've done, mm. but I don't know. I suppose there was a sense of pride to it, but more so not embarrassment, but close. Yeah. Close. It was like just anticipating it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh God, I'm being seen once again. <laughs> I think, do you think vulnerability is important? Like. Definitely. Definitely. I think mm. vulnerability is the key to 
any sort of healthy or fruitful relationship, vulnerability and honesty. Not in any relationship, but I think in life, once you learn to let your guard down, things become much easier because you have no ego in the way. You know, nothing. You don't really make decisions out of fear. More so, just taking everything for what it is and learning, which is what you should do, which I try to do. I don't know if I'm doing it, but it's a beautiful answer. <laughs> yeah, all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how to follow up on that. <laughs> that was deep. Um, so speaking sorry. of sorry, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> we love we love some DNM on this podcast, especially on this very first episode. And my so. chakras are aligned. So. <laughs> um, anyway, so I guess speaking of the Blackton Art Prize. Um, I guess I want to hear more about your work by chance in the West. Um, one of the hard things about going to the Blacktown Arts Centre is that there's not normally an artist statement. Mm. So you just have to leave it for yourself, which I think works in some ways. But also, it's I think it's fruitful to have like the artist's perspective um, of their work. Um, so I just, you know, the motifs in that painting is just so beautiful. It's just really vivid and striking so i wanted to ask (laughs) i wanted to ask um you know is there something deeper behind the work apart from just you know depicting western sydney and was there a reason why you wanted to choose this specific work for the black town art prize that painting was based on i was taking my dog for a walk there's this park behind my house and it was really it was it was i remember it was muggy and it was cloudy I was like, oh, God, it's going to storm. And about 100 metres away, lightning struck this tree. And everything looked blue and, like, white. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. First of all, I've got to get out of here. Secondly, I'm going to paint that. And it was on the way home that I sort of thought, like, what are the chances of that? What are the chances of lightning striking that far away and looking that beautiful? I was just far enough not to first of all get hurt and secondly just to be able to appreciate that one second Mm. and like that in and of itself gave me the title by chance in the west Mm. i was walking my dog but thinking on it longer Mm -hmm. because i tried to i mean that was again during that six month period when corona virus like put a cessation to everything so i I couldn't do anything but think on it yeah i was like maybe there's deeper meaning surely there's a deeper meaning Mm. and i went looking and I sort of, I don't know if I stumbled upon it or, I don't mean to sound like, like fake pole, but it felt like this, it just, I was just sitting there and it felt like this idea fell out of God's pocket and just landed mm. in my lap. Mm. And it was like, it brought me to this, this polarity between I, that natural world. I was, it looked, it was like fine, it was bright before and then suddenly boom darkness mm. for a second and this this striking light right. and i was like ah, oh. okay sure like that relates to a lot of what i've gone through in terms of things being black or white and me having this yes or no mindset mm. and <clears throat> i felt that, that at that time i needed I don't want to say this, but I was kind of thankful for that break because mm. it gave me enough time to delve within myself and I wanted to change that sort of black or white attitude I had. I found out that there was things in between, reasons for why people did things and everyone has their own struggles, their own story. Mm. 
and whatnot. And that being able to put those two sides of like lightning and then this, the flowers and the trolley and whatnot, mm. that was a reference to. I don't think that there's much difference between us and the natural world, us sure. and plants and whatnot. We all mm. need water, sunlight, love, care. Yeah. The exact same things that make a good person mm. sort of make a good plant. Mm, mm. <laughs> you need that positivity in your life. And that sort of that struck me that. <coughs> <coughs> Jesus. No. Oh. I, I'm coronically, by the way. <laughs> I got tested. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that, I don't know that I needed to put those two opposing sides together, I felt. Yeah. And I chose that for the Blackdown Arts Prize. Mm-hmm. One, because it, that sort of signified my own spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. That marked a very tender and vulnerable time for me. Mm-hmm. And also, it happened in Marion. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. Blacktown, <laughs> Marion, what's yeah. the difference? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean,. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Maryong is within Blacktown. It's, I can't always wrap my head around Dude, the me whole. Either. Yeah, me <laughs> they're all one and the same. If you put your bins out on Monday, you're you're Blacktown to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> oh, that's such a beautiful concept, though. Like, I think, yeah, like having a sign, like taking inspiration from signs from the universe, like. We do kind of take that for granted, I think. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And we don't often, like, scrutinize or, like, think about, like, what that's trying to tell you. So, mm. I guess hearing that deeper meaning is very... It's not just beautiful. Like, it's almost inspirational. Like, it almost sort of motivates you to sort of, like... I guess, like, pay attention to mm. a lot of... Yeah, exactly. Things. If there's yeah. anything I've learned in life, it's just to learn, learn how to be present and aware and hear right here right now because everything else the past and future they're just thoughts mm. and you don't you're not you don't control the thoughts you're the person that hears the thoughts and can judge what you want to do next mm. and being here right here mm-hmm. helps you do that and it helps you appreciate everything it makes life that much more beautiful 100 percent. all right so on that note we're up to the last few questions so <laughs> so i wanted to ask um where do you sort of see, like, now that you've sort of had a taste of success with the Blacktown Art Prize and sort of got a taste of um, what Western Sydney has to offer in terms of arts, where do you kind of see the future of Western Sydney arts in the future? And how do you think us from Western Sydney can succeed in a culture that can be commonly paired with some level of elitism or privilege? I was talking to a good friend of mine, Jay Diaz, about um, making a stand or protesting and um, speaking up for what you believe in. And I spoke to her about um, having to inform myself because I didn't know enough about something. And I remember Jade said that for them, it's enough that they are who they are. They're a non-binary person of color mm-hmm. they're an artist yeah. that in and of itself is its own form of expression that's its own protest mm-hmm. and that really hit home for me because i very much think that in this current landscape where things are magnified by a million it's very easy to find 
just uh, Andy Warhol talked about 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. It's very easy to attain that nowadays, I think. But in terms of maintaining that and having something or uh, not success, but m- keeping your head above water in this yeah. climate. I think you need to inform yourself about a lot of things about a lot um world affairs and whatnot and I think you need to speak on that. Yeah. I think you need to decide there comes a point where you need to understand the world we're living in and your place in it. And in regards to artists now and where I see it going, I think there'll be more inclusivity if that's inclusive i always have trouble with this word yeah inclusivity yeah, yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> i think not only will there be but i think there needs to be mm. um because uh, a lot of the messages that are now being perpetuated mm. uh i think we're getting to a stage where everyone sort of understands and is becoming more culturally aware but there's also another side of it where we uh there's this message of toxic masculinity being proliferated through Mm. not just art here but in terms of music and this message of violence and whatnot Mm. i see that i think there will eventually be a means for everyone to have this sort of common ground because now there's too much i think there's too much difference between each medium between let's say oil painting yeah poetry music yeah. photography mm. we all sort of perpetuate the same message of western sydney is this or western sydney is that yeah but i think there's too many differences in that and to there's not nothing is really set in stone because this is very much the we're still in the conception of this western sydney culture yeah and whatnot and yeah. i think i do think it we have enough as a community to keep it going i do think there's enough talent here enough skill in our what binds us is much stronger than what what differences there may be. Mm. And I sort of have this this image of uh, this landscape in like 10 years or so mm. being able to survive on its own and creating more jobs for people. Mm. I see the artistic sphere opening up. Yeah. I see new mediums being being used and being perfected. Not perfected, but... I'll just use perfected. I can't think of it as another synonym. And I think that this will, what we're building now as a community will grow and it will come become worldwide. Mm. I hope. I hope. So. <laughs> but, yeah. And that's all I have to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a beautiful answer. Like, I definitely agree that no matter what like whatever you're doing like in poetry or writing or painting like no matter how different your mediums are no matter how different your concepts are like there is like some form of similarity between all of those things and i think it's true that we are sort of divided by difference and we do need to return to that sort of mindset of like what do we have in common with each other? Mm. Um, yeah. I think with that momentum that we sort of have now, it's easy to lose who you originally were mm. um, in the chase of what you want, like inten- like tangible things, mm. material things. But I think it's it's easy to return back to 
who you were and what you are. Mm. And I think once we all sort of, once it all calms down, sort of, we all get used to it, then we all sort of yeah. get there, hopefully. Yeah. So it's just returning to roots. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. Um, I guess my last question, which I think is a really great way to wrap this all up. So what kind of advice would you give to emer- any emerging artist? So not just here, just to anyone who's just starting out or, you know, like just starting out like like painting or they haven't exhibited anything yet or, you know, they're just very new to the scene. So what kind of advice would you just give to them? Just do it. Like I remember when I started, I was too afraid to... I saw how good other people were. Like, I'll never get there. I'll never be that good. And it kind of put me off. It scared me that people my age were leagues, years ahead of me. And, I mean, that <clears throat> that was a fear that I dealt with for a long time. And it was part of my ego because I thought, oh, well, if that doesn't work out, I'll just do something else. Mm-hmm. But if you have that calling, if you have that need to to create, if you have that desire to want to, do something with what you feel, then you have to just do it. Mm. doesn't matter if it's bad because you're going to make, for me, I make tons of bad paintings. I write heaps of rubbish poems. But that doesn't really, <coughs> doesn't really put me off anymore. Mm. It used to. I used to want to chase perfection. But mm-hmm. it's, you just have to do it and do it and do it and do it because mm. the only thing that will get you better, the only thing that will give you that confidence is to do it. Also, probably meditate. I think I off, I'd say that to anyone and everyone. Yeah. Being able to just let go and be in your body yeah. is and learn how to breathe properly is something that's a very, very, very valuable lesson. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that translates to your work. Once you have that sense of calm within yourself, mm. there's no more pressure to be as good as this person or that person. Yeah. And you can truly mean it when you do it because it's easy to have a specific influence and want to be like that. I remember when I first started, I wanted to be like Frida. I wanted to be like Francis Bacon. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. But I just like it. It doesn't feel natural to me to be able to, to create like that. Mm-hmm. I, ju- I learned over time that I just had an appreciation for it. Yeah. For them. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to embody their work. I try not to. Mm-hmm. But I found because I just did did it and did it, I developed my own style yeah. and I found my own way to convey messages. Mm-hmm. And with that, my messages and their depth and their the reasons for the decisions I make on a canvas or a poem mm-hmm. became much more natural, much more organic. Right. So my advice would be just, just do it, mm. please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't think, just do. Yeah, just do yeah. it. Yeah. That's such a wonderful mindset. I feel like... Yeah, I feel like lately, like we've we're so obsessed with like overthinking things and just, oh, is this gonna be perfect or am I doing the right thing? But I think just doing things mm. is it's so simple, but it's such it's, a it's, it's hard to do. I mean, there's such a, there's a standard now that mm-hmm. people hold themselves to in terms of social media and influencer culture and all that. Mm-hmm. There's a certain feeling in the air that you have to be this way or that way mm. in order to be something or someone of worth but it's uh, it's disingenuine unless yeah. you 
are true to yourself. And once you find yourself or you're in pursuit of who you are, mm. nothing you do will be disingenuine as yeah. long as it's true to what you want to do. And don't don't worry about <laughs> none of that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. That just about wraps things up. So, Raven, thank you so much for joining the show. Salamat, buddy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All good. Um, so, anyways, I guess I'll plug in your socials. Are you just only on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Yep, so it's at RA7EN. Raven. Raven. <laughs> RA7EN on Instagram. That was such an enlightful talk. Like, so enlightening to just hear back from you. <laughs> Thank you. This You made a really comfortable, safe space for me. Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah. Very like sweet, very that's inviting. That's the magic of Laura's house. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Laura. <laughs> it's, it's such a beautiful space. Anyway, once again... Thank you so much, Raven, for joining us on this very first episode. Thank you for having me. All good. This episode of The Western Podcast is hosted and edited by Nicole Catalina, with intro and outro music by The Western co-founder, Clarissa May. The Western is founded by our editor-in-chief, Laura Ranola, and recorded at our Duneside home in Western Sydney. You can follow us on Facebook at The Western and on Instagram at the.western. Again, that's at the.western. For more interviews, live pieces, and content from us, visit our website at thewestern.com.au. Thank you for listening. Peace out.